Anyway, in Matthew chapter 6, verses, uh, verse 12, and also then uh, 14 and 15, says, Forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. I love that one. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. Oops. <laughs> Let's pray. Father, we're so glad that you are always working on us. You've never gotten tired of trying to get us to conform to the image of Christ. I ask, Father, that you'll anoint the words, touch hearts, may be the mind open and not just the ears as they hear what you're trying to say to us. We love you. We give you praise for the fact that you have given us so much. We give praise in the name of Jesus. Amen. Something happened uh, yesterday, or actually, uh, well, yes, yesterday, that uh, kind of made me stop and think. I had a large cardboard box that got caught in the rainstorm, which I think surprised most of us. And I still wanted the box, and so I opened it up. It was very large, and I put it over my car. And in this weakened condition, would you believe that that box conformed itself to the image of the car? And I thought, well, this kind of like the message today, help us to conform our lives through all of the things that have seemed to weaken us and made us be very uh, vulnerable in so many ways, like a cardboard box that if you touch it wrong, it's going to punch a hole through it. Be conformed to the image of Christ. But the idea of forgiveness has always been one of the tough things of life, of what should we do. Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 through 35, tell us quite a story here, and I'm only going to read part of it today. It says, Then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? No, not seven times. I kind of think that Peter just all of a sudden just whirled around all excited and thrilled, and he was saying, where is that scum tax collector Matthew? He has annoyed me more than seven times, and now I get to get back at him. <laughs> Can you imagine? And yet Jesus then said, no, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, but 70 times seven, which actually in... The uh, concept here was infinity. There is no stopping point to forgiveness. And that's kind of hard to take because I know that sometimes people continue to do over and over again the very same thing that is constantly causing annoyance in our life. Uh, Peter was wanting to find out what, you know, where, where is it? When, when is this enough, when can I say, all right, I've taken it for the last time and I'm not going to take it anymore. And Jesus is trying to help us to understand that there is not a limit to this. The rest of this uh, scripture goes on with the story Jesus talks about a king who came to one of his servants and asked him to repay a very large debt. Now, my first thought is, why would a king be dumb enough to loan a servant a massive amount of money. There's a lot of debate as to how much it was, but without any doubt in today's currency, it was millions of dollars. 
and ask him to repay it. And the servant says, I can't, I don't have the money. In fact, if I worked all the rest of my life, I could never, ever, ever, ever pay the debt. And can you imagine the king said, okay, that's all right, I'll take care of it. Well, the man was, I'm sure, very elated, excited, and then he went out and he saw someone who owed him, let's say, $1,000. And he grabbed him by the throat, demanded payment. The man begged for mercy. He would, the man would have no mercy on the other one that owed him and had him thrown in prison. Well, we know the end of the story. When the king found out about this, he took the man and put him in prison and uh, said, this is not going to work. You would not forgive. Therefore, you are now condemned for your actions of unforgiveness. We must understand that forgiveness is one of the greatest attributes of God. Pastor has been through the last few weeks teaching on something that we need to understand. When, when he asked me to preach about forgiveness, I, I told him, I said, Pastor, I think that this is going to be one of the toughest parts of the whole Lord's Prayer. He said, no, I don't think so. And the more I studied this, I found out he was right. And I have apologized to him this morning for having thought that he had landed me with the toughest one. You see, the deal is, the toughest part of this is, who is God to you? And when you understand who God is to you, then forgiveness is just a natural outflow of what's already taken place inside. But when we don't understand what God, who he is and what he can do, and we have not taken on his attributes, then forgiveness is tough. In fact, almost impossible. It's one of the most often misused or abused things of life is this of, of putting uh, blame back on everybody else for what's going on in our life. We need to recognize that God has the authority and who he is and what we can do in him. But whether it's large or small, the forgiveness, all forgiveness is always costly. Something has to happen in order for forgiveness to take place. But we always remember that the cost of forgiving others is nothing. You just have to do it. We often feel like that we need to be repaid for whatever was done that hurt us, that affected us. But we need to compare God's forgiving us to the price he paid for us, the humiliation, even the torture and death on the cross of his own son that, so that we could have a right relationship with him. But the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had paid the entire debt. That's what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. Now that's pretty <clears throat> straightforward. Doesn't leave a lot of wiggle room. In fact, it leaves none. Either we do or we are actually in difficulty. Now, Peter had a real, I would say, very actual, very life kind of a comment here. He was asking, can you imagine living with 12 other men and not having their idiosyncrasies and their weird ways and 
uh, not annoy you. In fact, they, they got to the place where they were trying to figure out who was the greatest, who's the most important, who's the favorite of Jesus. It, all the bickering and everything that goes on that can cause all kinds of frustration and problems. Now, I'd like you to think of someone that you are having some trouble with, having trouble forgiving them. Uh, how, how does that stack up to the way God has forgiven me, has forgiven you? When we have trouble forgiving, we have to understand or try to come back to the level and plane of the greatness of God, the ability of God to do things that just absolutely uh, leave us astounded of such great and marvelous love. But whenever we don't forgive, we are actually endangering ourselves and our spiritual freedom and the fellowship that we have with God when we are critical and unforgiving, you see, criticism and everything else goes along with unforgiveness because when we become critical of others, we are not willing to accept their weaknesses, their differences. Um, we always find a little something wrong with everything that's going on around us is actually dealing with unforgiveness. We can't ignore the little things that are there and which create for us a very, very confining prison. Actually, until we can forgive, we are in prison. We are locked up. We cannot appreciate life. We do not have uh, an understanding of God. Uh, if you're easily offended by uh, another person in your life who just annoys you, uh, not only do you have to decide to forgive and be at peace, but you're going to have to depend on God for the grace to do it and make it a matter of prayer. So important, this kind of thing. When you find people, it does not matter who it is or what's going on. I mean, you can change churches. Don't like certain people that have come in imagine the disciples why did Jesus let this one in we know what kind of reputation he has and all of this uh, it, it's just uh, you know change churches you can change your spouse you can move away from the neighborhood that you're living in uh, you can change jobs uh, but until you forgive whenever you go to a new church a new place a new job new friendships if forgiveness is still in your heart, or unforgiveness is still in your heart, it's not going to work. You're going to find yourself in the same situation. Kind of reminds me of the guy who had been shipwrecked on a deserted island for a little over a year. And finally, one day, a ship uh, saw the smoke from his fire and approached the island. Captain came ashore with his crew or some of his crew and said, you know, We'd like to explore the island for a moment. It's very small. Uh, and uh, the guy said, sure, you're, uh, that'd be fine. Well, after a bit, the captain came back and he said, you notice, I, I noticed there's three dwellings here on this island, but you tell me you live alone. He said, yes, yeah, I'm the only one here on the island. Uh, 
He said, uh, uh, well, what about the three, the three houses or, or dwellings that you've got here, places you've built? He said, well, this one over here is my house. This is where I live. And this one over here is the church that I attend. And the captain said, well, what's the other place? He said, oh, that's a church I used to attend. I didn't like the congregation there. You know, it's just all this kind of thing in our life to where we suddenly realize that uh, it's difficult if we cannot really have our faith based in, in God's greatness and who he is. Uh, because when we um, come into situations that are, are difficult, we always have to come up with the idea because all of us have been done wrong. I, I don't think there's anybody listening to me. If you have never been done wrong in your life, come over and I'll, I'll show you what it feels like. It, it, it's kind of like the, the mom who heard a scream from the bedroom and she went in there and this little five-year-old was in there with his, his baby brother and she said, what's wrong? He said, he pulled my hair. She said, well, he's too young. He doesn't know what it, what it feels like. And so she left. And in a moment, the baby screamed. And she ran back in there. And she said, what happened? She said, or he said to his mom, well, you told me he, he didn't understand what it feels like. Now he does. You see, I mean, it's, it's all this kind of thing that we have to uh, recognize that uh, what if, what if, if we could have had a different yesterday, giving up the hope of a different yesterday, a better yesterday somehow. Well, what if Adam, Adam and Eve had not sinned? Can you imagine what it would be like today if that had never happened? We can always look back at the things and and try to think we wish this would have happened, that would have happened, if this could have taken place, and what happens is, if we, we, since we can't change yesterday, but we can let hap what happened yesterday ruin today and tomorrow. So when we forgive, we're able then to be free. We, we sometimes uh, we have to recognize that things that have happened, even though I often recognize it wasn't God's plan, wasn't what God really wanted to have happen at all. But God always in every circumstance to those who put their trust in him takes all of the adversity and the things that have happened in our life to turn them into something incredibly fantastic. We all know the life of Joseph. I mean, here, here's, you know, we we'll talk about family situations where sometimes family even gets all up in arms and everything happening and we can't forgive. But Joseph was this last the baby of the, of the family, you know. He's always has the finest of everything. His dad got him a very special robe to identify him as, as the child that was favorite in every, every possible way. We know what happened with Joseph and how that his brothers attacked him. They threw him in a well to let him die. And then finally, when they realized, hey, we can make some profit out of this, they sold him as a slave. He went through all the years of all the pain and the difficulty of the unforgiveness of his brothers. They hated him. This one that absolutely just annoyed them to no end. 
wanted to find some kind of retribution, some way to get back at him for what he had done. And yet in the final end of all of this, God took what had happened to Joseph and turned him into an important, powerful man that touched the future of all of Israel in many ways, but the most important part of this for right now is Joseph's response when he recognized his brothers. Oh, this was the chance to really, really get back. I mean, all of the things that they had done to him, and yet his response was to forgive them, to not hold against them what they had done. He had every right to do it, uh, Sometimes the things that cause pain can, can be God's way of even helping us to get to the next exciting and rewarding event in our life. God is a specialist in turning life's hurts into enormous blessings. Not just for us, but to so many, many more if we only learn to forgive and trust him to do the right thing. You see, God's always going to do the right thing. Everybody else may do the wrong thing, but God's going to do the right thing to those who trust in him and are willing to forgive. However, we have to let God be in control. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. I hope you don't mind if I share a personal experience. My wife and I were directors of Latin America Radio for a little over 12 years. Had massive audience of, of listeners um, just on short wave. They calculated well over 30 million daily listeners to the programs that we were producing on short wave out of southern uh, Chile. It was going great. Everything was super. And one day I get this phone call from our Latin American director. He says, Ken, I've got some news, bad news. I'm going to ask you not to object. I'm going to ask you to let it go. He said, it has been decided, not by anything that you have done, nor the programs or anything else, but it has been decided by the general superintendent and the general presbytery to shut radio down. Whoa, <laughs> come on. I mean, this is changing lives. It's touching people. What's going on? It was a tough uh, pill to swallow. He said, I, I, I'm asking you, please, please don't object. Just take this. Things are going on and you're kind of caught in it. Well, it took a little bit for me to work through all that. But had I not allowed God to take that moment of difficulty, I would never have known the joy of pastoring one of the greatest churches in Mexico in the city of Querétaro. We find out that when, when things happen in our life, God does not abandon us, but he only uses them. Sometimes those storms are just God's way of clearing out the path, making everything open again. But whether it's big or small or whether it's recent or long in the past, 
the greatest op uh, obstacle to our recovery is uh, to give up the hope of being able to have somehow all that happened in the past change. It's not going to. But when we continue to dwell on these things, we imprison ourselves and uh, we find our emotions affected. We find our, our spiritual life is affected. Uh, the scars of anger, bitterness, hopelessness, pain, regret, guilt, perhaps even revenge. Sometimes we direct these emotions or feelings on the offender and sometimes on ourselves. Sometimes we blame ourselves for some of the things that happen. Sometimes you got to forgive yourself. Sometimes you just have to say, I messed up. I forgive me. I am going to learn from this and I'm going to become a better person because of it. But sometimes we let it slash innocent bystanders because of the anger and the hurt that we have that's going on. We must forgive no matter the situation and regardless of whether or not there has even been any apology. They don't apologize to you, it's okay. Just don't let it tie you up. Don't let it hold you back. I forgive so that I can be free. There was a man that had been let out of prison. He was outside the gate on the sidewalk outside and he was just so excited he was jumping up and down he was saying I'm free I'm free I'm free and there was a little boy standing there watching him for a moment and he said hey messer that's nothing I'm for you know I mean it, 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 it comes down to to what we perceive and what we accept that's let the joy of being alive and free reign, run through our veins all the time. Whether you're three or four, it doesn't make a, a whole lot of difference. Uh, but you know, sometimes we, we, we ask ourselves, well, why? Why can't I be free? What's, what's holding me back? Why isn't God answering my prayer? Um, Matthew chapter 5, verses 23 and 24 tell us, so if you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the, the temple uh, and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar and go and be reconciled to that person. Then come and offer your sacrifice to God. Okay, Sunday, Sunday morning, we're going to church. We're going to praise and worship starts and we start worshiping and praising and and uh, God says no way Jose you know you know how God talks uh, he, he said your breath stinks you've been chewing on rotten garbage I can tell it's caught between your teeth go brush and gargle with some of the most potent, mouthwash, that Listerine that just burns the daylights out of you when you do it and let it all be cleaned up and then come back and tell me how much you love me. Now, bad breath is a turnoff, let me assure you. It can ruin a lot of different things. It, it permeates the atmosphere around us and people cover their face sometimes because we've forgotten to take care of an important part. But this is the same thing in our life. And God does not 
listen to our prayer and our praise when we still are allowing unforgiveness to be something that we are chewing on day after day after day. If you don't brush your teeth, your teeth will rot. If you don't forgive, your heart will rot. It's, a, it, it's just there. It, it's the way life is. It's the way spiritual life is. We have to take care of the heart. Above everything, the psalmist said, guard your heart. Don't let anything. In fact, dentists tell us that the biggest cause of heart trouble is from an unclean mouth. And so sometimes we need to realize, hey, maybe sometimes I need to guard my spiritual heart by keeping my mouth clean and allowing God to work on my life in ways that will really benefit and bless the kingdom. Now we're coming up to Father's Day and I found another scripture I'd like to share just to kind of help us a little bit with this of, you know, why isn't God answering my prayer? Why, why am I not feeling free? Why is it that that my life seems to always come back to the same rut of all of this kind of thing happening. Well, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7, kind of hits husbands especially, and I'd like to throw out to you just to consider. In the same way, you husbands must, for, must give honor to your wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be a weaker than you are, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of life. Treat her as you should so your prayers will not be hindered. <laughs> See, oftentimes we, we're wondering, well, where's God? What's, what's taking place? And God is saying, hey, hey, I, I can't. Your breath stinks. The things that's going on, it's just hard for me to be around you. Forgiveness uh, or unforgiveness in someone who has never known God, never known, understood God's forgiveness, it really is understandable. But to a person who has known God, known God's forgiveness, then it's not understandable that we as who have received so much cannot forgive the others around us who have done us wrong. We as Christians... We must recognize the sovereignty of God. I started off by saying this is what pastor is helping us to understand. Our Father who is in heaven. I mean this hallowed, very special, holy, blessed God is his name. When we get this into our spirit, then the rest of it begins to make sense and we recognize and pastor has been helping us so that we can get to this point to where we can forgive the things of life. I know that you remember the old song that said, I owed a debt I could not pay. He paid a debt he did not owe. And that's where it's at. I can't pay for what I have done. I'd like to go back. I'm, I have to be just kind of transparent. There's a lot of things I wish I would have done differently, even with my own family and kids and, and people and on and on. But if I allow the things I did that were not right affect me today and cannot get past them and not find forgiveness from them, then I will be held back in my future. I have to realize I have to forgive myself 
get their forgiveness, and also forgive those who have affected me. Anyone who bears a grudge or hopes to retaliate has not come to appreciate the sovereignty of God. And without forgiveness, there is no reconciliation. But what about when we can't see things as God perceives them? What about when we don't understand why? I've always been kind of interested in, in one of the books of the Old Testament, Hosea. Kind of an interesting story. Now, can you imagine God told Hosea, a man that listened to God, God spoke through. He said, I, I want you to go and marry a prostitute. Hosea, okay, God spoke. This is what I need to do. I don't know what it cost him to buy her, but I'm sure that her pimp did not just give her away. I'm sure that he had to pay a pretty good price to get her. Well, they lived together, were married, had three children. But somehow in all of that process, she went back to her old lifestyle. We don't know exactly how long she was gone, but somehow, Jose uh, got the uh, word that Gomer was on the auction block. Apparently, she was now worn out, not useful to her pimp. And he was going to get whatever he could for her in the last ditch effort. Hosea found out, he went to the auction, he started bidding. He placed the highest bid of anyone there and bought her back. Now that in the story of how God loves us. We've messed it up, we've torn it apart, but if we forgive those who have hurt us and done us wrong, I can guarantee you a life of excitement and thrill, peace and joy. Don't let the things that cannot be changed ruin your today and definitely not your tomorrow. We need to empathize with the people that have hurt us. Who are they? Do they know God? What's their experiences in life? Do they have an understanding of what forgiveness is really like? Are they lost in a maze that they can't seem to even find a way to get out of? We need to recognize that these kinds of things are there. That we are working in a world that is imperfect. Filled, people filled with pain on every side. We're hearing all the time more and more shootings, more and more craziness going on. People doing things that are absolutely horrible. The Bible teaches us that we are to be a light in the dark world. We are not to go and hide our light, but to be a light. Colossians tells us something that we've got to really, really uh, remember. When it says, make allowance for each other's faults. Colossians 3 verses 13 through 14 and forgive anyone who offends you. Come on. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. 
Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. Who's hurt you? Who did you wrong? Parents? Spouse? Job? Boss? Neighbors? Were you swindled out of money? All kinds of things have happened. We have to let God take care of these things. Matthew 5, 44 says, I'm telling you to love your enemies. Let them bring out the best in you, not the worst. When someone finds or gives you a hard time, respond with the energies of prayer. And when we come before God and ask God to help us, he always does it when forgiveness is in our heart and we are wanting to let it go. Hold on to forgiveness. William Arthur Ward wrote, We are most like beasts when we kill. We are most like men when we judge. We are most like God when we forgive. This is who he is. God loves us and forgives. And he asks us to do the same thing. It's not impossible when we can recognize who he is. Forgiveness is giving up the hope of a different or better yesterday. But if we cannot forgive, we do not truly understand or appreciate what God has done for us. Remember, God may have the final word, but he's not in control right now. You are. Forgive, and you take control. With bitterness, anger, frustration, hurt in your heart, you're out of control. The enemy has won. He wants to take anything from you he can. The devil wants peace. Yeah, he wants a piece of your life. He wants a piece of your joy. He wants a piece of anything that's, anything he can rob and steal from you. And in its place, every time he gets a little foothold, then we begin to allow ourselves to let the enemy creep in. And that is where he begins to hold us captive to him. If you want to be free today, forgive every single thing that is that has happened in your life that causes any kind of pain, discomfort, or anything else, and you will find out that life is absolutely great. Let's pray. Father, we know that you love us. We've experienced it over and over again. How many times have you had to come back and help us? When we forgot who you are, when we hurt when we damaged when people hurt us and we allowed that hurt to stay there father i pray that somehow today will be a healing day a day where joy replaces the sorrow of the night when we begin to recognize that a better tomorrow is here in fact a better today i ask father that you'll help us to forgive those who have done us wrong that we forgive ourselves and that we determine that by the power of your spirit operating in us, we are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ. And in his name we pray, amen. God bless you.